When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the podcast where two best friends use their patent penny movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023, and we are in part one of our double feature week, the Barbenheimer week. Mm-hmm. And it's only fitting that we start with the first part of that conjunction, Barbie. Barbie. Biggest weekend in cinema in a long time. We could touch Maybe on that ever. in a little bit. Not maybe ever. Maybe. One of the biggest weekends in recent (laughs) cinema history. A weekend that the industry desperately potentially needed with the box office doing so bad and a writer strike and an actor strike. Barbie and Oppenheimer released in the same day. Everyone called him crazy. Mostly Oppenheimer. Everyone called him crazy. And here we are getting two enjoyable movies. Spoiler alert to review, Ty. A little bit behind the curtain. Haven't even seen Oppenheimer yet. But I could at least say that half of this this double feature week and week is going to be good. Yeah, so far so good. Let's get into the show. Percent of the time, it works every time. John Stamos. What? We just become best friends. Yup. I'm not fucking leaving. Barbie lives in a magical world called Barbie Land, where everything is perfect for her. But when things start to change, she is forced to go to the real world and is faced with the harsh reality of what being a girl in the real world really means. Barbie. Barbie. A movie that's been a long time coming. Yeah. Taylor Swift. What? It's been a long time coming, oh. yeah. Wasn't originally Mario Robbie. Yes, it's it's obviously undergone undergone a lot of changes. Um, some some boopity boop research for you, Ty. Uh, live action Barbie film first announced in September of two thousand nine by Universal. Okay. Then Sony acquired the film rights five years later. Amy Schumer casted as Barbie. Then Anne Hathaway casted as Barbie. Oh, didn't know that. Never made the movie. Transferred to Warner Brothers Picture in two thousand eighteen. Robbie was cast in two thousand nineteen. Greta Gerwig, director writer. The rest is history. Ty, before we even get into the scale, before we talk about the box office and some of the feedback of this film, I just want to say I'm happy that uh, Amy Schumer was not Barbie. I agree 100% with that. I just, Amy Schumer annoys me a little bit. I'm sorry. I agree 100% with that. Um, <laughs> Anne Hathaway probably might not have played as good of a Barbie either. Let's be honest. Margot Robbie, pretty good in this. I mean, Margot Robbie's by far the best casting they could have gone with with like the past decade probably 
in terms of just like there's a role, there's an actor. Mm-hmm. This is an actor for that role. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what they were waiting for, actually. They were just waiting for uh, Margot Robbie's rise. Yeah, it wasn't any problems with development. They just said, we haven't found our Barbie yet. Yeah, and it seems like there's been, obviously, a lot of turmoil, like I said. Um, just not not even turmoil. Just I, I don't think they ever got the story right because, or found out a way to do it. Because I think my biggest worry about this film, and the reason I was skeptical about this going into it, was I thought it was going to be like a fish out of water, Barbie in the real world. Oh my God, she doesn't know how to act in the real world. How funny. That's not what this is at all. They actually wrote a... Um, I would say a culture defining movie, a movie that is self-aware, a movie that is um, almost uh, what's the word? Not parody. What's the word I'm looking for? Satirical. Yeah. Um, Just not what I was expecting at all. And they got the right person to write it in Greta Gerwig. And look, man, the results speak for themselves. $382 million in the box office so far um, just after the opening weekend. Again, we keep talking about how horrible the box office has been uh, for every movie known to man and here barbie is coming up off the top rope with a, a massive showing massive showing while being released the same week as a christopher nolan movie like there's absolutely tickets being taken away from barbie that are going to that movie and it's still doing as good as it's doing i felt like barbie was always the a side oh, of this for weekend sure. i i think the simplest way is it's pg-13 versus rated r want to hear my take hit me i think I think this is like a fascinating like college paper waiting to be written. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that thinks this. I think Oppenheimer standing pat and releasing with Barbie is actually going to help in the long run. I think Barbie would have done the same similar numbers no matter what. I think Oppenheimer being attached to such a big thing and it becoming a weekend event yeah. made the Oppenheimer movie like – like my parents wouldn't have known about Oppenheimer and they do. Are they going to go see it in theaters? No, my parents never go see movies sure? in the theaters. It's Christopher Nolan. Like, I feel like he's the one guy that my dad doesn't know Christopher and... Nolan. No, for sure. I'm saying the very casual film goers, you know, I think sometimes we overestimate the casual Americans, uh, just like knowledge of filmmakers and everything. I think it would have just been like a, Oh, that movie looks good on streaming movie, you know, in six months, but being attached to Barbie becoming this event, yeah. it's like, Oh, those people are now going to watch it in 70 millimeter. Yeah, me and you, baby. Uh, same day, different times. But So I think it's going to help it in the long run. I mean, look, it, it. I know we could talk more about Oppenheimer on that podcast, but I know that's also doing very well. And the weekend as a whole is, I want to say, the biggest box office weekend since No Way Home came out. And, yeah, it's got to be. Um, I saw a graph earlier. I wish I could pull it up now. I should have saved it. should have taken it, put it in my notes. But pretty much it's like you look at the weekend box offices for all the movies, not just like top movie. And it's been down, down, down. And then this was right up there with No Way Home. And the only, like, kind of peak that was definitively above it was uh, Endgame and Infinity War. With Endgame's was being was so high. Crazy time. I forgot how much money just the movie made. It's it was just every single theater that had a screen was playing that movie, and it was full. <laughs> for every theater, pretty much, yeah. that it had. So, big weekend for, for Hollywood, Ty. I love that. I love a big weekend for Hollywood. Um, it's It's... I mean, just looking, I know we said possibly biggest weekend in movie history. You said that, but yeah. I did say that. <laughs> um, just going through some other like big ones that are, are showing up here. Uh, Dark Knight and Mamma Mia. It's oh, you're looking up double features. Double feature movies where it's just like two big movies. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Double features. And not only that, Mamma Mia being very similar crowd to Barbie, I feel like. Christopher Nolan, is he a... Uh... Dark Knight? 
No, is he? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Misogynistic. He's always got to release oh, his movies up against a female like, lead. You, you release your woman movie. I'm gonna release art. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get Grease and Jaws two back in 1978. That is a wild double feature. That's fucking wild. <laughs> that's wild. Um, that's that's a lot of money. Yep. Are you on uh, the Ringer article? I'm on the Insider. So okay. hit me with some if there's more on well, there. You keep going, and then I'll fill in the blanks. Star Trek two and Poltergeist. Which feels like, okay, uh, Blade Runner and The Thing, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters and Gremlins. That's on here, yep. Um, Spaceballs, Full Metal Jacket. So you haven't said... Uh... Hocus Pocus, Free Willy. I think it's going backwards order. Here we go. Oh, okay. Casino and one. Toy Story. Casino and... came out the same time as Toy Story? Correct. I thought Casino came out in like the 70s. I thought Casino was like right after The Godfather. November 22nd, 1995. I need to watch that movie. Never seen it. I always was against it because I don't like really old movies. I was like, damn, this casino seems yeah. like a movie I'd like, but it was made in the 70s. And then you're just like, Toy Story, what a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. This is when cinema was at its best. <laughs> Jumanji and Heat, Princess Diaries and Rush Hour. I'm not seeing the big one. Born Identity and Scooby-Doo, is that the one? The Empire Strikes Back and The Shining. Just skipped right over that. What a fucking weekend. Well, I mean, that's like the 70s, right? Empire Strikes Back, isn't that the second one they ever made? Yeah. Yeah, so and the shining? Yeah, the four they it, they did like a poll. I guess it was like probably a podcast. It was those two. It was Ghostbusters Gremlins like you mentioned, Dark Knight, Mamma Mia. And then um a listener submitted one was The Matrix and 10 Things I Hate About You. That's another um, good one. But Barbie Oppenheimer has has the makings to be up there and be number 1 potentially on this list. Ty, there's two things I want to talk about before we jump into the nitty-gritty of our scale, both movie related. Do you want my rant about the feedback of this movie or do you want my prediction about the direction of cinema as we know it oh which would you like first this is like a choose your own adventure book i really like (laughs) this um look man i have a good time when you rant go off just the people calling this movie woke really pissed me off real fucking idiots like i was telling riley about this like 99% 99% of the time, 99.9, like, is there stuff in Hollywood, like, rainbow capitalism is a very real thing. Like, I, I support pride, I support all that, but there are companies who put on the pride flags to make a profit and then don't give a shit, you know, and yeah. some of that could be viewed as, like, woke, they're just doing it for whatever, and it's kind of shitty that some of these companies do do that, you know, companies 100%. that pretend to support it and then will donate to political groups that are actively against it. Whatever. The only thing that corporate America really believes in is capitalism. Oh, 100%. That's it. Anything that makes money. But 99% of the time, I don't agree with these these people who cry out that every movie known to man is woke. But I at least, like, I can understand why, how they can make an argument to rile up their fan base. Because that's all they're doing is riling up their fan base. It's like, okay, I don't agree with this. I think you're making an absurd point. Armin White, for example. But at least his point, like, like it doesn't. It's it's wrong. It doesn't make sense. But I don't know. I could at least like see like how his base could view that. This one I'm racking my brain about because the movie's literally about like woman empowerment, equality. Maybe not even you know, kind of the lack of equality. I should say inequality. Yeah. And all this stuff. How is that woke? How is that like a bad message to be sending to our youth? Are there some inappropriate jokes in this? Yes. Is this a kid's movie? No, no but it's not. It's PG-13. But look, like all of like our parents and us when we were kids, like Riley watched Drop Dead Fred. That movie was PG-13. Like a, P- a PG-13 rating doesn't mean that kids can't watch this. You know, like yeah. will a five-year-old maybe? 
I think, but I think even though it's PG thirteen, I think it it strikes the rare thing where like it takes advantage of the PG thirteen rating to make it enjoyable for adults, but it's not too raucous for the kids, and they could still be like, oh look, Barbie, and not really understand the. Well, the my, bigger thing. my favorite thing with that is that this movie, the same people who are like, oh, they're, this is too mature for my kids are the same parents who are going out and having their gun, you know, kids shoot guns and play Call of Duty. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. I just, I don't know how a movie with this messaging is considered like, quote unquote, woke or yeah. a bad thing or just like it. Another one that really cracked me up was it was like, uh, oh, men are dumb type movie men are pretty dumb well yes but <laughs> they were like oh this is just you know just men shaming and everything it was so much that we left the movie and i was like you would have continued watching the movie it was very much not men are dumb but like everybody got needs everybody wants stuff out of life it's just it's just such a universal message well and the funny part is the whole men is dumb and all this was because the men were the women of the Barbie land yeah. societal structure. So like you're so riled up about how these men are perceived like, or portrayed like, Hey, newsflash buddy, you know? And then people will be like, well, you know, there's, we've made so much progress. Like, you know, like the whole, like slavery doesn't exist anymore. There's no more races like that bullshit argument. Like, yeah. yeah, just because there's been some progress, just because, you know, we've gone from our complete, you know, horrible ways to at least slightly better. doesn't mean it's still a problem. So, I like that it poked fun of it, of the patriarchy, and I was telling Rye, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but my favorite, not my biggest laugh, but my favorite scene of the whole movie was when Ken figured out what the patriarchy was and was just going on like this, <laughs> this patriarchy, you know, it journey. Wonderful. It was hilarious, you know, and like, he was like, I'd like a power of position <laughs> or position of power, yeah. please. Um, so I don't know. I just, movies that can kind of comment on society and everything, like, just admit you hate women. You know what I mean? Like, if this is woke and such a bad thing, like, just admit you hate women. That's all yeah. it is. It's a uh, it's lack of or whatever, like, alpha, like, oh, I gotta be so masculine. Men are fucking awesome. And God forbid I support women wanting to do things. Yeah, it's just toxic culture. A lot of guys are really nasty. I mean, I posted, like, a Taylor Swift thing on Bolt Beat, and someone was telling me, like, whoever deserved, whoever posts this deserves to lose their man card. She's like, that's wonderful. It's just an just a singer bro yeah. like you're not you think you're like manlier or better because you don't i don't listen to taylor swift yeah it's not I'm a man manly. thing for me she just makes bad music <laughs> <laughs> my second thing the direction of cinema as we know it ty watch this uh robert downey jr career retrospective he did with vogue i don't know if you saw this Mm-mm. in uh to promote oppenheimer and he's going through his movies and he was talking about iron man and everything they didn't they had him go over Iron Man, and that was it. They didn't have him go through like all his fucking Avengers movies and all that. That's good. Um, and he was mentioning how, <laughs> you know, like... How much work did you do for your two minutes on screen in No Way Home? <laughs> <laughs> he was mentioning how, like, you know, they started this film franchise and everything. And, like, you know, it was interesting to see how Hollywood shifted. And they were all trying to almost play catch up to Marvel and do a similar Marvel thing. I mean, we joke all the time about cinematic universes. They're still trying to do it. Yeah. And connecting these movies and everything. And he he had a really good, interesting quote where he's like, it's interesting because right now it feels like the landscape is almost on its head. Like there isn't a direction. Like studios are trying to find out what this next super money-making direction is and blah, blah, blah. Like we're in a transition period. And I think that I agree because DCU has been a shit show. MCU has lost some of its luster. These other connected universes haven't worked. G.I. Joe and Transformers. Speaking of Transformers and G.I. Joe, because they kind of fit into this. And I guess Marvel does to a degree, too, because it's still, like, a different property that they're just remaking. I I think we're entering 
a bigger like licensed movie craze licensed movie period like obviously marvel comics and everything i think that's kind of the grandfather of this but now we're getting into you know like barbie and you get the super mario bros movie which is going to be the second grossing movie of the year behind this most likely you know when yeah. it's all said and done number one right now um they're developing a, a i think a hot wheels movie you know someone's in attachment you got the sonic the hedgehog movie the first and the second one both did really well like yeah i think we're gonna see this period the next even, however many years even like air it's another just like product yeah Yeah, for sure and we're just gonna get all these products from our life whether it be toys and again comics are this but not to this degree where it's gonna be common toys comic property common properties and they're just gonna be like hey let's try to make actual good movies with this and we know they'll make money if the movie's good and we'll just take advantage of the license and i think that's the direction we're going we're gonna get five mario bros movies we're gonna get whatever else mattel can throw up there we're gonna get you know, name it, and it's going to be made into a movie. And as long as it's made well, it'll probably make a lot of money. Yeah, and while I agree with that, I also think, like, they've been trying to do that for a while. They've just kind of recently figured out how to do it well. Yeah, no, for sure. And so now they're like, oh, like, if we actually do something, like, you know, inspired and not just give me money, like, people are going to go and watch this. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yes, I agree. And I think the success of these two movies back-to-back, both just big licensed movies like two properties that have been wanting a movie for a long time the success of that is going to lead to these studios just pumping them out you know what i mean um i mean look at like mortal kombat that's another licensed thing the movie wasn't very good obviously covid killed its box office numbers and everything but like i really think that movie was good i think we're gonna see studios lean into this and maybe we'll stop getting less indiana jones fives and you know like put some respect that was a fine movie but maybe instead of all these sequels, we're going to see it shift to commercialized, licensed movies, which is interesting for Disney because I don't know what they're going to do there unless they partner with, like, Mattel or something. But it seems like these companies, Mattel, um, Sega, uh, Nintendo, doesn't seem like they want to do business with Disney because Disney's kind of like, if we're going to do business, we're going to control it. We're going to own it. So I don't know. Yeah. Um. I Look, man, if there's one thing Disney's good at, it's finding a way to make money. So I'm not very concerned for them on that front. Um, they'll just go and buy Mattel if they need to. Yeah. So they can be in charge of Barbie too. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just, like, Disney's going to find a way. But no, I, I I don't disagree. I think we're seeing a lot more in both of these campy family movies or, you know, adult-oriented family movie kind of like this. But also like the more serious. I know they just did like a fucking Hot Cheetos movie about how Hot Cheetos came to be. And shit like that. And it was, like, really big on streaming and air. Like, they're serious, non-serious trolls. The fucking trolls animated movies that they've been pumping out for a while. The Lego movies? The Lego movies. Like, this has been a trend probably for the past couple of years. And we're, I think it's just coming to light. Yeah. More so now. Um, But, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Which, I don't know. I guess, like, for me, while this is obviously, like, ripping something off. It's Barbie. It's not necessarily an original idea. It's a Barbie movie, and Barbie's been around forever. Mm-hmm. It's original storytelling, which I'm still all yeah. for. No. Like, I'm f- fucking keep pumping them out as long as you're giving me, like I said, like original inspired stories and good movies and letting directors cook. Because Lord knows, Greta Gerwig, she, she had something cooking here. <laughs> How long until we get, like, a Monopoly movie about the the inequalities of our economy and everything? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking sick. You mentioned it's just a man in a monocle the entire movie walking around. <laughs> you know who'd be great at that? 
Our boy Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth, I was going to fucking say <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. He would play such a good Mr. Monopoly. Can we start a, a social campaign? <laughs> Branagh for Mr. Monopoly? We got to get this going. <laughs> Are they owned by Mattel? Mattel? I don't know who owns Monopoly. That's a good question. Because if they are, like, they just saw how good Hasbro, oh, who are making G.I. Joe. Yeah. Does, <laughs> does he finance that team? <laughs> does Mr. Monopoly buy everything, monopolize that market, and then finance that task force? There it is. Yeah. The, the post credit scene of the movie is going to be like, they, they completed their mission, but it costs a lot of money. And you get the titular Joe going to this yeah. big, you just see like a chair facing the window. Like, sir, we got the job done, but it costs, you know, more than expected, blah, blah, blah. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. You get a spin. Yeah. <sighs> Kenneth Bernard, monocle and all. Maybe smoking a pipe. Wonderful idea. Better idea. <laughs> Movie ends, right? Everything happens. Joe, titular, mm-hmm. gets himself arrested for the team. Oh, okay. Transformers are out, and they're like, how are we going to save Joe? He's arrested. Not you realizing see- they just break into prison because they're Transformers. No, no, no. no. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> But you see a man in a full suit walk in. You just see his legs. He's got a little cane on. All of a sudden, Joe looks. Someone's handing him a get-out-of-jail-free card. Bro, that's money. That's actually yeah. pretty money. Yeah. And you're like, is that fucking Mr. Monopoly? <laughs> can it can I at least have a picture of Kenneth Bernal on it with the monocle? I just want to see Mr. Bernal. Oh, he hands him. Teaser. No, no, no. He hands him, and then he looks up, and you just see half of his face with the monocle. In the dark? In, like, the shadow? Yeah. Bro, that's yeah. fire. And then the movie can just be, like, a prequel. It doesn't have to be like Mr. Monopoly. Like you can just have Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> like serious. Like we're talking about this seriously. We have Mr. Monopoly could just be a character in the movies, mm-hmm. but you could do a prequel movie, and then you could just cast someone younger than Kenneth Branagh because we don't want to do de aging, or maybe yeah, you just yeah. do Kenneth Branagh. I don't know. And it's a prequel about how he became rich. No, hundred percent. And I think you mm-hmm. do like the 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 Justice League thing, where it's like Superman's movie and all like the carnage from like the Transformers and shit. Mm-hmm. And you see Mister Monopoly in the street, like Ben Affleck saving a kid from that movie. <laughs> and it's like he's been here the whole time. That was a Monopoly building. They just crumbled. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be a hilarious movie if they did a prequel, and it's just about how Mister Monopoly just like you know exist with the transformers <laughs> well his his origin story about him just like commercializing residential areas and kicking people out of their homes for profit and stuff <laughs> just make him a little bit of an anti-hero the, yeah the most anti-hero of all time well he could be the villain of his own movie and then it's a turn like a scrooge mcduck situation oh and then he uses his profit for good yeah we can have like i don't know a gold like a, a silver dog teaches him the right way or something holy shit <laughs> We're onto something. You know he's driving around that fucking old-timey car everywhere, too. Ty, the writers are on strike right now. Should we write a script for Hasbro? I think we could get in trouble for putting this out there. Like, this was such a good idea, they may blacklist us. Like, don't be giving out this good of ideas while we're on strike. (laughs) Oh, Power Rangers, another licensed movie they made a few years ago, but that one sucked. Um, That's also Hasbro, so they'll be connected. Okay. Let's jump into the scale, Ty. Plot slash story. Look, there's kind of two prongs to this, two aspects. There's the literal story of Barbie leaving, Ken finding out what the patriarchy is, and, you know, Barbie coming back to dismantle the patriarchy. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I mean, it was better than I expected because, again, I was expecting fish out of water. I was expecting a lot of real world. And to my pleasant surprise, it was probably like 70, 30, 75, 25 yeah. Barbie Lander real world, which I appreciated. Um, there's that prong of it, which was a fine story. 
And then there's also the underlying story being told and the societal things and all that nature, which again, I've been on the record of saying on this podcast, if you could do that in a way that's not too over your head, like not over your head, but not too in your face, but like it makes sense. And like the adults understand it and maybe the kids, it's, it's kind of like Pixar a little bit. It's almost like a PG 13 Pixar where it's like Pixar would make this movie, but just kind of hint at it. Like, you know, women have a hard time. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Barbie was like, nah, we're going to go full steam ahead and make fun of it and piss off Ben Shapiro. We don't care if his kids don't see this. Yeah. I gave it a 15 out of 20, Ty. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I think the messaging is done very, very well in this movie. The movie itself is kind of, I mean, you get that little bit of a, you know, something's wrong, fish out of water, come back and, and save the day. And it's it's not like it's crazy plot twists or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It's point A to point B. I will say this movie flows so well. Yeah. I'm never I'm not bored. I enjoy every fucking scene. There's laughs in every scene. <laughs> yeah, there is. The, the pacing is just phenomenal. Um but yeah, I think overall there's the messaging aside, the story is is just fine. It's good enough. Mm-hmm. The idea of of they did an interview with Greta Gerwig and she said the whole reason for like Ken being obsessed with horses is because like it's like when you learn about the patriarchy, it's always like statues of guys riding a horse. And like if you weren't from this planet, you would be like, oh, they're like co-leaders. Yeah. Like you would have no idea that the horse is just there for the man to ride on. <laughs> You'd be like, cool. this yeah. is a statue of a horse. This horse must have been of great importance. And I fucking <laughs> love that because it just is the most ridiculous running bit. And it's so much fun in this movie. <laughs> Um, it just, I, I gave it a 14. I'm one point lower than you, but like, I, I think the story isn't what shines in this movie. The story is good. And the messaging more so is what shines through than the story itself. hundred yeah, percent. Um, but it, it's still, it's a great paced movie with a, a lot going well for it, for the story. I think an interesting prong of it, and I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it. Um, because like it, it's. I could see a case where you could take it out, but then I could also see a case where it's the most important part of this to hold it together was the kind of mother daughter dynamic kind of side story they were trying to tell. Yeah. Um, you don't want to give that story too much depth because then you're taking away from Barbie, but you, you obviously want it to still be there because there's that human element and obviously America Ferrera, who I just finished superstore. She's the main lead in superstore. Ty, I was depressed for a day and a half when I finished it. This yeah. is why I don't watch shows or like read books because I always get like really sad when it's over. Just bummed you out. You're just left with nothing. I dreamed about it for two nights. Yeah. Ending I, of Breaking Bad fucked me up. It's not even like the – it's not like an ending that – like because their ending was all happy. It's like the fact that it's over. Yeah. It's and, not the ending. It's it's the end. Yeah, and you're just thinking yeah. like, you know, these are fictional characters, but you're just like, damn. I want more. wonder what Jonah and Amy are doing right now. Yeah. Wait, they're not real. And then you're depressed and then you're like, are any of us real? Does any of this matter? No, probably Are we just not. stories to some bigger being? Are we just something living in Barbie land where the fake world <sighs> and there is a world where horses are leading? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I thought, I mean, her monologue in this, which I didn't even touch on. Side note, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for the end or I don't know. Her monologue was great in this and like her importance as the real life person and exposing this and everything was very important. But like that mother daughter dynamic, I can see a case where you take it out, but I can also see a case where it's like it was very important. So I didn't really know. I don't know. What'd you think of that? Yeah, uh, it's tough because for the messaging, it's it's crucial, like for what they're trying to say yeah. for the story. It's not it's it's very removable from this. But I I think that 
they were okay with that little bit of extra for what they were trying to achieve and what they were trying to say with this movie. And I, I think you allow that for that reasoning because those characters work so well in their limited amount of time and, and what they're doing. And like you said, that monologue from, from the mom is America is, Ferreira. It's wonderful. I, That's right. Is it? Yeah. Um, let's see. The IMDb page for this is wonderful because you scroll down and it's just Barbie, 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 Barbie. They don't differentiate. Everyone's Barbie. America Ferrera. That's who it is. She's not even on the IMDb page. So. Um, no, yeah, that's a good point. And I think a good way to describe this, because someone, one of my coworkers asked me about this, like, should I go see this? And I said, I said, it's legitimately hilarious. Like, it's not even like, it's not super funny where like the rest of the theater's laughing and I'm just laughing like, I will watch this. This is one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time, which that'll touch on another category. Um, but it, it's campy, but it's self-aware. And I think it's so hard to do that. And I think that also might go into the next category as well. But I think it goes with the story is like you get these campy kind of movies and where it could be a little too much. And it's just kind of like, all right, dude, like, you know, what are we watching here? Like, it, yeah. But this one is self-aware of how campy it is. It's campy on purpose. It makes fun of the fact that it's campy. And, like, Greta Gerwig obviously hasn't missed so far as a director. I mean, I haven't seen her other work. I've heard high, high praises about them. You know, I know she's very well respected in the industry. And just that balance and towing that balance how they did, I think, is so – it's so impressive. And I, I don't understand how the, this, you know, the woke mob is – that are getting outraged about this don't think this movie's funny. I like, don't know how you don't. I just I want to see like I don't know what Liver King's uh, political affiliations are. Didn't he I'll, die? I don't know. That feels like an internet hoax. <laughs> I thought he like died from his his like very no maybe. <laughs> I think he just got exposed for using steroids. <laughs> he definitely I, got exposed. And I think the I took, legend of Liver King died. Yeah, the, I think I took that as like that that character is now dead. <laughs> I apologize, Mister. I just. Would Liver. love to see a super masculine or that one Rocco like military guy that pops up on my YouTube shorts all the time, like the old Marine who like tells you to wake up at four AM or you're worthless, that guy. I, I'm not on that guy's <laughs> um, content. He's anyways, like I would love to see them watch this movie and like not laugh. Like you can't tell me you're watching this movie just like all straight face mad yeah. the whole time. Like yeah. it's fucking funny. And the ending too, kind of, you know, Barbie, the whole idea of like ideas versus people and like the impact you can have and her wanting to be a person. And then it ends with her literally going to her gynecologist. I think just the perfect movie for this type of perfect ending for this type of movie. Absolutely. I'm glad she didn't like go to the real world and I don't know, bring Ken with her and then they're happily ever after. Like, yeah, no. I, and I do think that they do that part of the story very well where it's like, she does not need Ken and Ken does not need her. Yeah. Like even if he thinks he does, he doesn't. And it's not like a, well, he's nice to me. And so I'm going to be like, that's not what she wants. She wants to find herself and be her own person. And they do that very well. And the scene with the the Barbie, the creator of Barbie, and like, uh, this is what this means. And it's all the emotions, the good, the bad, the everything. And that scene, it just, I mean, I got fucking teary-eyed in a movie that I was laughing at throughout the entire thing. Like, it, it the emotions there, the humor's there, the all of it, it's done so fucking well. I mean, you know what my favorite thing in a movie is, right? Makes you laugh and makes you cry. I didn't cry because there was a little girl that was talking throughout the entire film. Not even joking. Very first row. Talking the whole time. I wanted to bring this up before we jumped in the movie, but now I'm, I'm just going to mention it briefly. Mother didn't do anything. Mm. Just loudly talking. And everyone could hear it. And I was pretty pissed off. And I want to go see it again without that stupid talking child. It was uh, 
It was drive-in for me, baby. Rolled the windows up, couldn't hear anybody. And I always say, I go to see a kid's movie, even though this is PG-13, it's not a kid's movie. I still expected, you know, some little girls and stuff to talk during this. Whatever. This was an egregious example of, like, you're not even trying. Like, you're just outwardly letting your kid loudly, loudly talk. Terrible. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I, I'm going to be honest. I know IMAX is going to be so full for Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. but the fact that it's $26 a ticket, I'm like, are they really wasting that money bringing somebody who's just going to talk throughout? Like, if you're paying that much for it, you want to see, like, you're going to watch, right? You I'm know, hoping it's a great theater experience. You know what we need to do with the ladies is I want to go to the Alamo Draft House. There's one in LA. I think that's, it's more like sophisticated. Oh, fuck. And yeah. you eat and stuff. Should and I wear like, a fedora? Sure. We, it would be a fun date night, though. If they literally they don't let you in if you don't show up in time. I love they that. They tell you you have to go refund your ticket or find another show time. I love that. <laughs> Lay down the fucking law at the movie theater. The closest one they have is, uh, I believe, L.A., but I would love a, a sophisticated dining experience. Highbrow. I think it's in, like, downtown, downtown L.A., but that's fine. Just an idea. We can make that happen. I don't know. What, what kind of movie? Do we see Mr. Kenneth Branagh in that setting? <laughs> That's on the table. I don't hate that. It's not even like the movie was fine, but his character, it just makes me feel like I need to be better. I feel like I need to respect him and see it, see it in that setting. Absolutely. That's, that's how he'd want us. Killers of the Flower Moon. What Scorsese would want. Mm, that's good. Yeah. That's a good one. I have to research like the actual Alamo Draft House, see what the situation is. I don't know if it's like tables or if it's like actual seats. I don't know. Key elements. Mm. This movie's hilarious. So funny. It leans into the Barbie nature. Some jokes I didn't understand because I didn't really play with Barbies, but I know Riley was laughing her butt off. Some of them I did, you know, floating to her car when they're doing the splits, when she's literally just laying there and stuff. But, like, you know. I feel like that's – I don't think that that was that hard to get. But I feel like We there played was, with wrestlers. No, but I do feel like there was, like, smaller things. And maybe I did recognize them in the moment, and maybe I'm just assuming there was more I didn't recognize. But there yeah. were smaller things about, like, almost the way a girl would play with the Barbie. You know what I mean? Like – okay. Like, I think there was one joke in there about, like, taking all their clothes off or something and seeing what's underneath or something like that, like, which every kid does with a Barbie. Yeah. Um, Anyways, it's legitimately hilarious. It's emotional. It tells that story. It's a fucking Barbie movie. Um, Everything you expect it to be. It's unique. It's got, like, its own style. I don't... I I landed at a 20 tie. Back-to-back weeks with a 20. I just feel like... Greta Gerwig's fingerprints and everyone else who worked on this movie. It's just all over this film and it's just a great show of cinema. Hmm. 
It's the most Barbie a Barbie movie could be. <laughs> it's done perfectly. It's hilarious. The emotions there, you, you hit on all of it. It's very much a 20. I, I think that more than anything is why this is getting so much love is because it is so campy and it isn't fish out of water. You get two seconds of Barbie land. Like, yeah, no, it's fucking Barbie land. If they made this movie 20 years ago, there's five minutes of Barbie land. It looks yeah. like shit. And the rest of it's in fucking concrete New York city. Yes. <laughs> and she's just wearing pink and out of place. And, and everyone's it, it's a, you know, we could a dozen movie. We could have got Amy Schumer wearing a pink tuxedo, just walking around New York city, not knowing what's going on. Yeah, Absolutely. You but know, and then it. the steam cap from the manhole blows up and she gets like scared of it. And yeah, ta- she can't figure out how to haul a taxi cab or dogs are barking at her from the alley. She gets a, a sandwich and then she eats it sideways because she doesn't know how to eat. Yeah. Just, but no, we get like we get like 10 minutes of that and we're on to the next. Even the fish out of water stuff, though, was more like, again, ca- like the social commentary of the patriarchy and all that. Like it was directly related to that. Like. Yeah, we got little jokes about yeah. like when she drank the tea and she's like, "Oh, I wasn't used to it actually coming out." Yeah. But it like or like them getting the clothes and not paying for it. Like, "Oh, we need money." Like, yeah, that, yeah. that's very fish out of water, but it's it's so brief and not what the movie is. Yeah. Like it's so much more than that brief thing that that would be the entire premise of another movie. They could have fucked this movie up. Yeah. And I think that's what I was scared of. 100%. Like this could have been a dog shit movie <laughs> if done wrong. But it's just, it's not only done correctly, but done in such an unexpected way that it it works so fucking well. Yeah. It works so well. And you spend so much time in this ridiculously plastic Barbie land. And mm-hmm. it's just, it feels so organic. And that, like you said, Greta Gerwig is just, this is her movie. This is the movie she wanted to make. And it's, while looking bad, it looks good in the best way. Looking bad. Like, it it looks fake and like, oh, that's so fake and all that. But that's very much the intention of it. And it it just fucking works so well. Well, if you're speaking about looks, why don't you rattle off your visual cinematography score, Ty? Again, this movie looks so bad in the best way. It's it's not these incredible, you know, you don't feel like you're in 1920s New York with this set. Mm -mm. No, it's a a fake fucking wave that just sits there and is painted as a wave. Mm -hmm. It's a flat beach. Mm-hmm. It's a plastic house with no no walls, one door. Once it becomes the dojo, mojo dojo casa, <laughs> casa house, yeah, casa house. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so. I feel like you can take any screenshot from this fucking movie and know exactly what kind of movie, like what movie it's from. Yeah, and that's so hard to do in a movie. This is this is a fucking Barbie movie. It's in Kiomets. It's in this. It's shot tremendously. There's iconic. Like there is. Like, still shots that are kind of iconic. Like, they threw some of them in the trailer. Mm-hmm. But her stepping out of the fucking shoes on her tippy toes. Like, you show someone that, like, that's from the fucking Barbie movie. Like, soundtrack? The soundtrack was so fucking good. <laughs> so, I'm at a 20, again, for cinematography. It's not Oppenheimer. It's not 70 millimeter IMAX. It is exactly a director's vision put to life on screen. Look, I agree with everything you're saying. It's plastic in the best way. Even when they're in the real world, you got a lot of grays. I mean, it's easy to do in Century City, Los Angeles, but you got a lot of grays. Uh, when she's looking at nature, you see the greens and the grays and the different colors, and it's just so distinct from the palette we just saw with Barbie Land and the palette that you know Barbie is wearing. Um, I, I never thought I'd compare a movie to this fucking movie, but it's like Crater when they go to the <laughs> real world, and it's like, oh, my God, we're not on the moon anymore. Mm-hmm. It's reminiscent of that. <laughs> fucking movie 
not to brag, I took a film class, so I, I there was a whole a whole you know section on color. So yeah. I was just I was observing no, that yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. The soundtrack in this is great. The Lizzo song in the beginning, while it doesn't play outside of the movie, um, like. If you're just listening to that Lizzo song outside the movie, it doesn't make sense because she's commenting on the stuff in the movie. Yeah. It's hilarious. I'm just Ken. Anywhere else, I'd be a 10. Yeah. I've sung that Where line. I see love, she sees a friend. <laughs> I've sung that line 87 times the last two days. <laughs> I'm not joking. That song's a fucking banger. It's incredible. <laughs> it's so good. And I know they released it early for the movie and everyone talked about how good it was. I didn't hear it. I held out. I was like, I, I want to fucking hear this for the first time in the movie, and I'm so glad I did. I didn't hear it, so I didn't even know they released it. So yeah. um, the the one song that they all played the guitar to, I thought it was a Nickelback song. It's not Nickelback, but it's it's in the Nickelback. Matchbox 20 or something like that. It's in the Nickelback family. Yeah. Um, and it's such a fucking on the nose. I want to push you around. <laughs> so, tell me why when the Kens were all like in that mode, it reminded me of Ben McDonald a little bit. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Ben McDonald's definitely tried inviting girls over to watch a movie so he could explain the entire movie. Probably Anchorman and why it's funny. Yeah. That's Love just, you, Ben. Don't know if you listen to this, but... That's the best of being a dude, though. Like, yeah, they were making fun of it. I'm proud of that part of being a guy, though. That's fucking wonderful. I'm sure Ben's probably called his apartment something like a Mojo Dojo Casa House, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all great. I think something that really stood out to me that I wanted to touch on specifically was the horizons that were uh like the mountains and stuff when they were driving the car not sure if you knew this all hand painted those were all flat backgrounds hand painted and they looked incredible yeah i prefer my art to be made by uh, ai (laughs) so i gave it an 18 out of 20 look i'm not gonna argue with you for your 20 i'm fine with that um it looks really well you know the the world they created was great um and it, it looked bad when it needed to look bad but on purpose it all made sense yeah that's my thing is like i I know this doesn't feel like that type of movie, but if you take a fucking screenshot of a movie and you can instantaneously tell what movie it is without any like major characters or anything like plot relevant Mm -hmm. points, that's so fucking hard to do. And the way that they shot this, the world building, the color palettes, the all of it, it's just so fucking good. And, And again, like there's, it's so cheesy and ridiculous, but then you get the stuff where she's with that, you know, the, the creator of Barbie and like that final scene. And there's just like this blank color palette in the background of, of different lights and shit. And then you get the like home video footage. That shit always gets me. I don't know why, but a good montage fucks me up. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it doesn't look like a 20, but I'll be goddamned it is. Have you seen those movie palette things where it's like the poster or it's the, not the poster, but it's a, a sign, whatever the word is. Um, like a painting. What are painting? A canvas. It's a canvas and it has all the different colors of the movie throughout. It's like every single shot of yeah. the movie. And it's kind of vague. It's almost like a, an abstract piece of art. Uh, first and foremost, I clicked their website and their frontline ad is a black wiener dog with one of these like sticking out of a box. So just highly targeting me. Oh, yeah. Looks very much They're like They're locked in on targeted ads. For uh, <laughs> I was trying to find the Barbie one. I They probably don't have it yet because... They probably need the movie to be out digitally to do this. Yeah, for sure. It's not out yet, but that one's going to look incredible. Pretty cool. It's not going to be like all the fucking Marvel ones where they're all just kind of like grayish. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these look good. Don't get me wrong. Like you would have no idea what they were otherwise. What's it called? Give them a little shout out. Uh, movie Palette. MoviePalette.com. So if that's a cool movie, if you if you know someone who's really, really into movies 
and you want to give them a piece of artwork, I think that's like a really cool thing to, especially if it's a movie like this where the color is very much a part of it. Yeah. Um, Into the Spider Verse, they have one that looks kind of cool. Like again, a random person's not going to know what it is, but it could mean something to that person. There's a La La Land one. <laughs> Twilight's so fucking green. <laughs> There's a Top Gun one, so cool little thing. The Barbie one's going to look sick, though. It's going to have wonderful highlights. Of, yeah, the end of the Spider-Verse one. Avatar's all blue. Oh, my God. That's so fucking gorgeous. <laughs> Characters, Ty. The category I've been excited to talk about. I came to the realization that I know you're a big Ryan Gosling guy. Love Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Ever since Crazy Stupid Love. I have. I'm not familiar too much with his work. I'm not. What's that? That meme saying? I was Shaq. I wasn't familiar. I with wasn't your familiar game. with your game. Yeah. I've seen two Ryan Gosling movies, The Gray Man, which, as we know, I wasn't a huge fan of, and Crazy Stupid Love. A long time ago, with you, the first time we watched it together. Haven't seen it since. Don't really remember much. My That's, brain was stupid back then. I'm glad you don't remember much. That's a wonderful rewatch. I've been wanting to rewatch it. It's the so only funny. thing, kid you not, the only two things I remember about that movie. Well, I, I remember very big tidbits. I remember small tidbits. I remember him jumping out of the car, Steve Carell. Yep. I remember him. He met Ryan Gosling. He was like a hair designer or something. I don't know. So they met at like a mall or outdoor mall, something like that. He takes him to the mall. Yeah, um, and then like the end scene is like Ryan Gosling's dating Steve Carell's daughter or something like that. And then it's like it's a big mix up where they all go to each other's house. That. It's the greatest interwoven storylines that has ever been put to cinema. <laughs> it's like five <laughs> different individual storylines all just coming to a head all at once. Yeah. It's the greatest. It's my favorite movie scene in any movie. I'll have to rewatch it. But I wasn't familiar with his game. La La Land, I know you love. Perfect movie. I told Riley, and I'm being vulnerable with you. I asked her. I was like, hey, like, I know this movie's meaning is about, you know, what the meaning is. And I support it. And I obviously, like, all that stuff. You know, I support everything. But am I, like, going against the movie's meaning for saying that Ryan Gosling was the best part of this movie and I absolutely loved him? And Riley said, no, everyone's been clamoring online for him. It's okay. And I, I said, I've been seeing people say, I can't believe everyone's been clamoring for Ryan Gosling online about this movie when the whole point of the movie was women. Well, I'm going to clamor some Yeah, more. I, I'm you sorry. can't help, but... <laughs> I genuinely think this can win Best Supporting Actor, and I'm not even saying that jokingly. If I was on the Academy... So far, it's got my vote. I just, he's so fucking good in it. He's so over-the-top committed to the role in the best possible fucking way. Yes. And and I think that, like, obviously, yeah, it sucks. Like, you're watching a Barbie movie, and your takeaway is Ryan Gosling was so fucking good in it. The guy, the Ken in the Barbie movie is so good. Like, it goes against everything. But also, like... Greta Gerwig very much wrote that character to be a standout in this movie. Yeah. She gave him all of the comedy and all the laughing points and the the star of the fucking fight scenes and music thing. Like, she wrote this with the intent of Ryan Gosling just nailing this fucking role. And like you said, he committed to it. He played it perfectly. This character could easily gone bad. It could have seemed stupid and, like, not stupid, but, I mean, Ken was pretty stupid. But um, it could have, like, it couldn't, it couldn't have... It could have came across the wrong way and just not have been as enjoyable. And I think he hits the the comedies there, the the heartwarming. He's like he's a, a stupid comedy relief character with depth, and it's just like a complete conjunction or a complete contract whatever from Barbie. He I Ryan Gosling won me over with this. That being said, now that we got that out of the way, because I know you're a big Ryan Gosling fan, I know you had the same takeaway as me. Million percent, yeah. 
I think Margot Robbie is also fantastic in this. She's um, wonderful as Barbie. I think she gets, and maybe I think I'm guilty of this too. I think I think of Margot Robbie, and she's like a mega A-list superstar. Maybe after this, the most recognizable actress in Hollywood, if she wasn't already. Yeah. And sometimes when you're a mega star, it's almost like you're a star, you're not an actor. You know what I mean? Actress. Like mm-hmm. you kind of get to that point, like The Rock. Um, and I'm guilty of that too. I think she turns in a fantastic performance. Um, the emotion at the end, you know, the whole, the depth of the character from how it starts to literally just like, hi, Barbie. Hey, Barbie. And it's like, you know, like a robot, like they're robots to you see that character develop towards the end. I thought it was fantastic. I thought she did really well. I think Michael Sarah shines in this, um, He's great wonderful. comedic relief. I think Kate McKinnon shines in this. She's very good. I think Will Ferrell, <laughs> one tweet I saw was like, Greta Gerwig's so good. She got new comedic performances out of comedic legends like um, what was the first one I just said? Kate McKinnon and Will Ferrell and I was, and Michael Sarah. And I was like, I don't fully agree with that because Michael Sarah is just kind of like Scott Pilgrim turned up, 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 and then Kate McKinnon maybe. Will Ferrell is kind of Will Ferrell. Like I don't think this is a new Will Ferrell performance. It's just the most Will Ferrell. He's just playing Will Ferrell. I feel like, and he's great. Yeah. My funniest, the, the moment that made me laugh the hardest was literally in tears laughing. Is It's a throwaway line you probably don't even remember. It was just, it reminded me of like classic Anchorman like improv scene was like when Will Ferrell was like, you know, horrible things will happen to our world that you cannot even understand. And then the one worker says like something absurd and he's like, or we'll all turn into choir boys or something like some absurd like thing. And then Will Ferrell just goes, no, not at all. And like just moves on. Like that was it. And I don't know why, but fucking, I was fucking cry- literally in tears laughing, Ty. Like, He's wonderful. <laughs> um, just I, his, the point of him, I don't really know. I feel like you didn't really need that character. I feel like he was kind of inconsequential in the end. A million percent. But I'm not, I'm happy he was in it. I think everyone, though, was I, great in this. Yeah. Again, if you're looking to cut stuff away from this movie, I think more so than the mother-daughter, you get rid of Will, Will Ferrell, that entire part of it. I don't think it's necessary, though, because I do yeah. think he adds a nice little depth to it. Yeah. To where it's like this owner, and it's an all-male thing <laughs> running the fucking Barbie Corporation. Um, America Ferreira, also, she gave off... She kind of played like her Superstore character a little bit in this, and I'm just always going to love that. She was no, she was very good. I like Issa Rae in just about everything I've seen her in. She was the president Barbie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's very, very good. But um, Margot Robbie's Barbie is it's it's less out in your face performance like Ryan Gosling, but the subtleties of it and the emotion and everything is done. So it's so fucking good. And this supporting cast, it's just one after another after another. Whenever they're on screen, they nail it. Oh yeah, um, chemistry is fantastic. Simu Liu really enjoyed him in this. Yeah. As the other asshole can. I agree. Just the ridiculous back and forth with that. It's everyone who's in this movie gives a wonderful performance as their own version of Barbie. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention John Cena. God damn it, John Cena. Fucking yoked. Just so ridiculous. <laughs> Did you hear the story how that cameo happened? Yeah, they ran into each other or whatever and he yeah. paid for her food and she was like, hey, do you want to come be in Barbie? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> just, that's so, that's wonderful. This is John Cena. Uh, it's everyone does a great job. What'd you give it for a score? I want you to give your score first. I'm in between two. It feels high, but I always give way more love to ensemble cast than maybe I should. I'm I I don't I, I'm at a sixteen. I'm gonna say it's sixteen. I could have gone one higher. I'm gonna say it a sixteen. I think both both performances are wonderful. It's it's comedy. It's emotion. It's all of the above. I'm notoriously very strict with characters. Yeah. 
It's got to be Oscar performance. You maybe just gave that away earlier, though, when you said this is Best Supporting Actor nom. I gave us an 18 out of 20. Okay, yeah. You're up there. There's not a character I dislike. I think there is a star. I think, I mean, even like the, the lead in this movie, titular Barbie, fantastic, great depth. I think the the comedic supporting actor, fantastic. Like, I just think everyone works in this. I think the chemistry is off the charts. The performances are great. And I'm not going to lie, a little bit surprising. And I think that works in its favor. I went into this movie not expecting this from, from Ryan Gosling, especially. Yeah. I was like, whatever we're gonna get we're gonna get like the jumanji where you have kevin hart and jack black and the rock and um the uh, uh, nebula i can't remember the actress's name karen, right now. Uh, karen gillian. gillian and nick jonas or joe jonas one of the jonas's is in that too but you get all these What's these the other one kevin that's when we saw in person okay well i don't think it was kevin he's like the it's not kevin but that's the one we the saw in person yeah jonas so you guys saw like the third of the, yes. the three Jonas Brothers. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. Still more Jonas Brothers than you've seen. That's fair. <laughs> Anyways, I was expecting a performance like that. Like, I think you would agree. You Jumanji's enjoyable. Like, Fun Kevin movie. Hart and all them are good in it. Like, they're not bad, but it's Kevin Hart and The Rock and Jack Black. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And Karen Gillian. You know, Karen Gillian's probably the best of those four, honestly. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, they pretend to be teenage girls or whatever. But that's what I was expecting out of this. And you got so much more depth. And even the characters that didn't have depth, like Will Ferrell, it made sense to not have depth. The lack of depth thing. I just loved it. I don't need to keep explaining. 18 out of 20. It's very good. I don't disagree. I, I, I don't know. I probably could have gone up, but enjoyment. I fucking love this movie. It's really good. It's I'm telling really every good. all of, I work at a shop with a bunch of guys who work on things and I'm telling them how good the fucking Barbie movie was. It's so good because it's just so fucking funny. And also, like, it has a great message, and it's, I don't care. It's so good. It's such a good fucking movie. I had a blast with it. It's, I, you know, I don't know if it's fucking my Top Gun Maverick of one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's super easy recommend. Very, very mm-hmm. fucking funny. Very easy to watch. It flies by with its runtime of, it's like two and a half hours? No, it's shorter than that. Last oh, it's week 154. we talked about it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Still flies by. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at an 18 out of 20. It's it's very high. I had a really good time with it. I I don't know if it's one of my favorite movies ever, 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 but it's a fucking, dare I say, masterpiece. Yeah, I wouldn't call it one of my favorite movies ever, ever, ever. That's a 1920, so I'm kind of giving away my score by saying it's not one of those. <laughs> but I liken this movie to the Mario movie. I it, And the two movies are different. Like, this movie is a lot better made than mario it has more society like like just looking at the score and i think this is a great comparison these are the two movies that are going to make the most money this year most likely you know the key elements are there this is a barbie movie the mario movie was a mario movie and that's why people loved it the enjoyment is there i left the mario movie saying damn i wish this movie came out when i was a kid this would have been so fun i wish this movie maybe not came out when i was a kid because i wouldn't have understand it some of the deeper humor but like it's just a fun movie that made me feel like a kid almost, like as an adult. I don't know. Like I kind of wish this movie came out when Riley was a kid or a teenager or something, you know? Like I think they're similar that way. And then you look at Barbie, it's got a deeper story with a deeper meaning. The visuals are better because Mario is just a, a an illumination animated film. It doesn't look bad, but I mean it's not anything special. And then the characters, it's just like Mario characters. It's not necessarily anything deeper. Like Barbie is the Mario movie, but made be- like not, I don't want to say made better, but like 
with more substance, with yeah. more depth. It's just filled out a little bit more. And I, so I gave it an an eighteen out of eighteen out of twenty, same as Mario. But like, I don't know. These movies just they feel similar to me in that regard. Barbie's obviously the the better main movie, as indicative by my final score, which is seventeen points higher than the Mario movie. Yeah, when you said it's similar to Mario, I was like, oh, I thought this was better than Mario. But then you gave you gave Mario an eighteen. I gave it a sixteen. So I think I agree with most of what you said. <laughs> Do you get the point I'm making, though? Yeah, absolutely. Final score, 89 out of 100, Ty. Fuck, you're higher than me. It's above the line, baby. It's drop everything and go see it. I don't care if you're against women, which, A, I actually I do care because Yeah, what a thing you. to say. Screw you. Maybe this movie can make you a better person. It should make you, well, should make you a better person. should. Ideally. Go watch this. Really absorb the messaging. Yes. I was trying to say, like, I don't care if you're, I don't care if you don't like this. You need to go see this. But then when I actually started saying it, I realized you how bad do care. It, how, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think you misspoke, Jay. I don't think that was our actual beliefs. <laughs> we can recover from that statement. Go um, watch this freaking movie. Stop being ignorant yeah. jerks. I'm one point lower than you, but I'm at an 88. It's a, mm. it's an 88 out of a hundred, 88 and a half out of a hundred for us. Which makes it the 18th ranked movie out of 100, and I scrolled up too quickly. 91 films we have reviewed. Top 10%. There's quick math for you. That's real quick math. It's it's up there with Far From Home, Jojo Rabbit, Slumdog Millionaire, A Star Is Born, Mitchells vs. the Machines, mm. Coda. Best Picture winner. Yeah, it's up there, and it's very deservedly so. What won the Best Picture last year? <laughs> I already forgot. It was... Oh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Everything, yeah. What was that at? That's like a 92 or something, That's a right? 91 and a half. Okay, so... A couple points higher, but... Similar ballpark. Very similar. These are... It, this movie's fantastic. What a way to start Bar- Barbenheimer Week. Can I, make, can I also make another claim? Please. If Avatar The Way of Water can get nominated for Best Picture, I think Barbie can get nominated for Best Picture. I'm not asking it to win... Would it be cool for a fucking total popcorn movie to win? And with the new Oscar system, is it possible? Maybe. Yeah. But come on. Like, let's stop shitting on a movie like Barbie because it's commercialized and everything. I get it. That's not the Oscar way. But fuck, like, this is a good movie. I Nominate it, baby. It doesn't have to win. Nominate it. Well, what I think you're lacking out is you called it a popcorn movie. Greta Gerwig already has, like, some Oscar love. Yeah. Like she's very, very respected in the messaging in this movie and how ridiculous it was made. But with that messaging, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all. I would love for it to be nominated. I, I would mean, love for it to win. We're about halfway through the year now. And I think we've seen, well, a little bit less because Oscar season's like, is Oscar season the calendar year? I thought it was like Dude, February to February. Or something. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I don't know how it works. We talk about it every year, but um, it can't. Yeah, it's got to be February to February because, like, Banshees of Anishirin we reviewed on 25th, but did we review that late? We did. We reviewed that as part of our, our Oscar. Triangle Sadness, we reviewed that as part so of our Oscar. the Variety article that I always kind of cite as, like, the favorites right now, Killers of the Flower Moon. I mean, that's been, like, we've been, sur- I'm so excited to see that. That's going to be very good. Oppenheimer, they have at number two, which last time I went on this list about a month or two ago, I don't think Oppenheimer was number two. Yeah. No, I mean, people are loving that fucking movie. Um, Air is number 10. I would love to see Air get some love. That's a good movie. I didn't expect that, but it is a good movie. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse 7. Would love to see that. 
And then a bunch of movies that haven't come out yet I haven't heard of. Maestro. That's on our schedule. That has Bradley Cooper. It's a Netflix movie. Uh, Scorsese and Spielberg both helped produce. And Todd Phillips helped produce. That's a fucking star-studded wow. producer line. Past Lives, A24 movie. Saltburn, Amazon movie. Holdovers. Barbie's all the way at 11th. So... Could that move up? Yes. Yeah, and and I think as it continues to be such a box office success, and as more people talk about it and more things happen, I think it will move up. For sure. I just don't know how many other good movies they're going to be. Yeah. That's the problem. I think right now, absolutely. Yeah, I agree, Ty. Will Oppenheimer be better than Barbie? It's hard. There's only 11, 11 numbers. Higher than when I gave Barbie. Now, I do think that the fact that that movie is about killing millions. How many people died in the atomic bomb? Too many. That's the only <laughs> correct answer. <laughs> what? <laughs> I wanted a number and you're like, too many. Um, I, it looks like they've never actually gotten the... Let's that see. just can't be right. They have a range. Total killed 129 to 226,000. Wow. it's a lot of fucking people. Millions if you include all of, all of World War II, which is a movie about. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to have as good of a time watching a movie that just kind of bums me out. Yeah, but we respect, you know. I do, but our cinema and our scale has got to make you laugh and cry. Unless I'm laughing at some point during this movie. Well, it's got a lot of great actors and actresses. It does. It's got Florence Pugh, my favorite, but um, Josh Peck. Josh Peck. <laughs> that seventy millimeter IMAX. It's gonna do something. I mean, store. I mean, story key elements, visuals. That might all be eighteen plus. So do the math from there. You still need forty points. I just characters. I, I just. I feel. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I might be a little disappointed after Barbie, but who knows? That 70 millimeter, 70 millimeter IMAX is going to hit different when the bomb goes off. Riley was trying to show me a video the other day of a girl screaming when the bomb went off. And I was like, no, why are you showing me this? Like, I don't want to see what the bomb looks like from the movie. Like, that's the moment. That's Tom, Literally. That's Tom Cruise driving the motorcycle <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Don't show me that. That's like the Jaws reveal or whatever. Like, that is the moment of the movie. Why are you going to yeah. show... I don't want to see that on my a fucking iPhone like, on a look TikTok. Look at this girl cry when Thanos snaps a week before you see the movie. Yeah. Ridiculous. Total oversight by her. With TikTok and everything, I'll say it's ridiculous how spoiler heavy it is immediately. Yeah. That's why I'm not on it. I mean, it's like the fucking weekend of, and it's like, here's the entire fucking film and all the funniest points. Have you seen The Bomb? I have seen, like, brief, like, that looks Ugh. like an explosion, and I'm just I'm just the quickest swipe ever. That thing's going to rumble. I'm a little... Can I... Is this a safe space? Yeah. I'm a little scared. <laughs> Are you? Like, of it being so loud, it's going to spook me. Yeah. So, in, in honor of this week, I watched Intercellar for the first time mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. All Great I movie. could... Wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. I have a decent-sized TV. All I could think about is how fucking awesome that would look in IMAX. And mm. it made me really upset, and I'm really glad that I don't have to feel that way after watching Oppenheimer. I was going to say- I don't want to watch Oppenheimer three years from now. I'm like, fuck, this would have looked so good in IMAX. That's what made me pull the trigger. I was like, am I really about to spend $50? And I was like, I'm going to regret it. This is the only chance I'll be able to see it in this format, unless I'm rich and I can rent out a movie theater in the future. But they aren't just going to have these 600-pound IMAX fucking no. film reels no. sitting around. No, so. they will not. 
What do you think they do with those? Burn them. I don't know. <laughs> think we could steal one? No. No, I don't. <laughs> How much work that would be? I think Christopher Nolan himself, it would be like a South Park episode where Christopher Nolan like shows up to your house to get his film reel back. Like There's only 19 theaters, Dick. Don't steal this. He 100% has at least one film reel of all of his movies somewhere, right? Like in his house, like just hanging up. Jay, did you see the size of the film reel? Have you seen it? Like legitimately yeah, asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the fuck would he put a that? A vault? <laughs> I don't know. It's like Scrooge McDuck. He just has a vault, but instead of gold, it's just miles of 70 millimeter film well it's all reeled up it's all reeled up still so it's just big and you know just sitting there 20 feet yeah like is maybe it's the a, a coffee tabletop he puts glass on it no i jay that's actually kind of cool jay yeah. have you seen the size of this film reel okay, i don't think you have <laughs> i've i know it's 600 pounds i think you've heard that but i don't think you've seen the pictures of how big the oppenheimer reel is that's not a coffee table that's a grand hall dining table it looks big, but not that big. Jay. It's big. Okay, it's big. It's fucking massive. They had to build extensions. That's a good idea, though. Coffee table made out of film rolls. 600 pounds. It's less big than I thought it was. Hand up. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Still really fucking big, though. 11 mile long. That would be sick. I don't know what would be sick. I just, <laughs> just now. Do you think if you were to make like an eleven mile long racetrack, okay, line the wall with this mm-hmm. at a certain speed, it would look mm-hmm. like you would look over and the movie's just playing. Yep, yep. You'd probably have to go. Give me speed. How would that work though? Give me speed. This is a physics equation. Yeah. So if it's a eleven miles long, we have to figure out how long the runtime of the movie is, which is I think three exactly, hours. exactly three, three hours. hours. So we need to go eleven miles in three hours, which means we have to go very slow. But that doesn't make sense. I guess technically it would work, though, right? I don't think it would. That's confusing. Because <laughs> yeah, in theory, you can't go super fast because then it's just yeah. Just flying by, but you would have to go super fast in order to see it correctly. I think the problem that we're facing here is our eyes see at a higher frame rate than what movies play at. So if we're actually looking at something in the real world and not something being projected at 24, like, mm-hmm. things per mm-hmm. second. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Send it to the Mythbuster guys. <laughs> Random AI generated synopsis tied to wrap up this podcast. If there's anyone but this one character for this, I'm going to be really disappointed. Harley Quinn? Oh, actually, never mind. Next week. That's great. I We were talking about Oppenheimer. I was thinking Chris Nolan. I need a Batman AI. Again. We did Batman AI. No, but I needed it again. <laughs> uh, Harley Quinn's a great call, though. I was the fucking lead actress in this. Harley Quinn. <clears throat> what movie is she watching, Jay? Oh, Puddin. <laughs> Does that sound like Harley Quinn? It's not bad. Oh, Puddin. Movie name. Okay. Is the wild? I just every time. Okay, in my defense, I was about to say wild ride like a redneck, but that's because I'm used to saying the wildest ride in the wilderness. Um, From what? Um, Big Thunder Mountain. Okay. <laughs> oh, pudding. Movie Re- name. Remember, you're Brooklyn, not Tennessean. Is the it, how do you talk like a Brooklyn? That do I sound Brooklyn? No, no. you sound Louisianian. <laughs> I don't know how to talk like a Yorker. Is a wild ride of a love story. <laughs> That'll knock your socks off. Picture this. 
picturing. I'm so bad at accents. Just dude. keep it makes powering me through. So bad. Yeah, it you're really so not good. Two lovebirds from different worlds find each other, and bam! Sparks fly, fireworks, the whole shebang. But you know, life ain't all pudding in rainbows. No. They face some crazy obstacles and get separated. But their love, oh, it's as twisted and fierce as me and Mr. J's. Time passes. Time, time passes. Hearts ache. And you just got to hold on tight. I've done four different accents in this. Because the roller coaster ain't over yet. Oh, Trust me. It's a put proof tale of passion and redemption that'll leave you grinning like a maniac and crying like a broken Harley doll. Shit. Look, man, you went, you went one main character for the accent. I think you went the other main character for the movie. Um, time doesn't tear people apart. Whatever the fuck she said. Mm-hmm. I, I, did you go notebook? Did you go two main characters? I did. It's the notebook. Fuck yeah. I'm so much better at this than the scores. You are. That's just, again, not very random, but <laughs> it's as on the nose as you could be. I know. Maybe I just need to change the name. <laughs> yeah. Just AI generated review. Drop the random. Fair enough. Synopsis, review, whatever. Synopsis. I love that. You're great at this time. I, I I hope that one day you take vocal lessons and come back and just wow me with an accent. Like, I hope you do a bunch of really shitty accents for a long time, but in secret, you're like, you're mastering your De Niro. You know how we were thinking about doing an impossible draft last week, but it fell through because our planning was bad? Yeah. That was going to be my one of one was impressions. Yeah, it's really bad. It's a problem. For the audience, it was going to be like a things that are impossible for us, but aren't like actually impossible. Like, yeah common stuff you should be able to do or or can do like someone that an average joe a random average joe off the street would be able to do yeah we're not saying nuclear physics physics or anything like that usain bolt impressions accents i would have had playing instruments on there because i cannot play instrument anything like sound wise i I suck at i don't know why i get except this podcast yeah it's great being you (laughs) ty when is uh oppenheimer gonna drop this technically dropped a day after we promised, but that's okay. When is Hand Oppenheimer going to drop? All good, baby. Wedding anniversary. All good, baby. Love my wife. Forgot it was as do the same I. day as the podcast. My bad. Friday. Yes. We're doing Oppenheimer on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see it. Recording Friday night. So go watch it this week. Mm-hmm. If you can get tickets, because let me tell you, it's fucking sold out. Not sure if you've heard, but we're seeing it in 70mm IMAX. 70 millimeter, one of 19 theaters in the country. One of like 20 some in the world. Yeah. It's great. And it's right here in our backyard. Mm-hmm. An hour away. Mm-hmm. I say 45 minutes. Yeah. Get traffic. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited. It's fucking Christopher Nolan. It's everyone who's ever been in a movie ever except for the cast of Barbie. Mm-hmm. Fair. And Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else, Jake? <laughs> No, I do not. Go watch Oppenheimer. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.